Hi everyone and welcome to the Private Practice with Soul podcast. This is the first podcast for counsellors that just don't align with the traditional approaches to business and that want to use their spiritual gifts, talents and interests to create, you guessed it, a private practice with soul. So look, leave it to me to provide you with everything you need, including strategies that you can use to increase your income, reduce your workload and of course increase inquiries and referrals to your beautiful soul-led private practice. I love it so much. If you haven't done it already, grab your journal, grab your pen and let's begin. Lovely therapist, I know what it's like to be struggling to find clients. Uh, If you're further along in the practice, I also know what it's like to struggle to build your visibility or to build your referral networks or to expand your practice and attract and recruit the right employees or contractors. And for that reason, what I have put together is an invitation, but it's only for one person. And I did send out an email about it this morning and I did just list it on my Instagram today. So it's possible that even as you're listening listening to this, that place has been gone, but you never know. It's always worth checking. But it's a 12 month intensive coaching program privately with me where we're going to create your marketing plan, your marketing strategy. I'm going to help you implement everything. And this is going to set your practice up in such a way that you don't have to worry anymore about where the next referral is going to come from. Some people get on the bus, some people get off the bus, as I say to my lovely clients. And it's no different when it comes to generating inquiries and referrals for your private practice. So if that's something that you're needing help with, please do let me know. But just before you do that, you need to know who I work with. I only work with clients that are coachable. I don't want to sit there and have banter. I want you to you know, be willing to have an open mind, take on board the information that I'm going to share with you and that guidance uh, and go away and implement it. I also only work with people who are going to do the work. (laughs) There's not much point paying for coaching if you're not going to do anything with it. It's kind of like going to counselling and then not using the strategies that your counsellor gives you. It's the same thing here. So if you're someone who doesn't like to implement and, you know, then we are not a good match. Uh, and also you need to be ready and able and willing to invest you know it is a ten thousand dollar program there are payment options of course Um, you know there's paying for and we can do installments and all that kind of jazz but uh, they're there and what else there was one other thing about who I who I work with I've just forgotten so it doesn't matter (laughs) But anyway, that's that. And if you do want help with your marketing and visibility for your private practice and you don't want to do my online marketing course and you don't want to do marketing with soul because you're just not a course person with the course or maybe you're not a group person or a self-study person with marketing with soul maybe you're the type of person who just wants my time with you one-on-one so we can just focus on your business then this would be you know the opportunity for you I'm not offering it again this year um, because my time's precious it's my big value as you know I do everything I can to (laughs) reclaim it so giving away these 12 hours of my time is a huge deal for me so if you want it it's yours all you need to do is contact me and you can do that by um, messaging me on Facebook message me on Instagram 
So hopefully, hopefully uh, that will be super duper helpful for you. But on with the show. So today what I want to talk about is, uh, you know, how long does it actually take to create, you know, a successful private practice and success means something different to everybody, doesn't it? So success might mean uh, you know, having more time with your family, success might mean having more choices, more freedom, um, might mean finally being able to work in the way that feels true and authentic for you without having all those um, layers of restrictions put upon you, whatever it is, but how long does it take? And so today I'm going to focus on how long does it take to be able to leave your paid employment from when you start your private practice? Because uh, you know, when you're first starting, it's a transition, isn't it? And look, again, it's different for everybody. But somebody was sharing today or yeah, in the last 24 hours, you know, how long does it take? I feel like I've been doing this for, you know, six, seven or eight months and I'm not getting any traction yet and all those kinds of things. So let's have a look at that. The first thing to understand is if you're already employed and you're building up private practice on the side, that's amazing. And what you're doing is you're following a very traditional path. Okay, it's what so many people do, are doing and did (laughs) in order to get their practice off the ground. In fact, what it typically looks like is somebody's in their full time job, maybe or a part-time job and then they're seeing a couple of clients after hours or on weekends you know they're trying to fit building the private practice around their main employment and then what happens is as the private practice starts to build then they will usually look at dropping a day a week of the you know paid employment and pop all their clients back onto that day that's now available and freed up for them. So this is how it traditionally works. And then as the private practice builds up, you're building that one up, you're tapering the other one down, and then eventually you leave your full-time job. Some people do this over a period of months. Others might take a year, others might take two years, others might take five years. Um, Sorry about that if you just heard that. It's Buddy, he's um, stretching out in the sun and he's just stood stood up. I was going to say stood and up. (laughs) He's just stood up and shaking it off and now he's going to try and jump onto my couch which he's not allowed to do oh he just realized he wasn't allowed to do it and got off good boy buddy he's going to go back and sit in the sun okay so yeah it's different for everybody and it's different for everybody's practice and I'll explain why it's because for some of us we don't have partners we don't have toddlers we don't have children we don't have to do school drop off and school pick up we don't have other commitments in our lives and so for us it can happen a lot more quickly you know especially to um i don't know the less commitments you have you know the less you've got on your plate the easier it is hang on Sorry, he just needed to go to the bathroom, of course, because he just woke up. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, so when you don't have that many commitments, it can happen a lot more quickly because you've got the time to invest, okay? That's the first thing. Um, the second thing is you really do need to have a plan, and that's why in Private Practice 101, we've got a whole module there that's set up to support you in planning for your private practice, okay? Want to take it from dreaming 
to bringing it into your reality and there are ways to do that. Sometimes people start a private practice and I don't know why, but they expect that they're going to have a lot of clients. They'll say to me, well, I've got a website, you know, and I've got a Psychology Today profile and this is horrible. I don't have any clients. It's been three or four months. Well, it's not enough to have a website and a Psychology Today profile. You need to understand how to market the practice. And that's why my whole big thing is about learning how to market your practice. Um, what I mean by that is you can have a really great website, but if you don't know anything about SEO or um, maybe you you think that what you've got written on your website is really good and really powerful and really helpful, well, if you're not getting any clients from it, the answer is no, it's not. It needs to be fixed. I mean, the good news is that it is totally fixable, which is great. Sorry if the recording just jumped there, but I had to turn it off because Buddy was going to chew my desk and I just had to go and put some blocker on it. <laughs> but anyway, if you're saying, oh, well, I've got all the things uh, and I'm still not getting clients, it's a sign that you need to then focus on your marketing. So there's that. Um, the other thing is that this is all totally doable. It really is. There are so many people that started a private practice, many of them women, as we know in Australia, over 80% of counsellors, psychologists and social workers are women um, or identifying as women, female. And this is really important because, you know, again, just traditionally, we know that women tend to be a lot of the time the, the caregivers are the ones who take time out of work to raise families and look after little ones and stuff like that. And even if you're maybe my cohort now, um, it's the other end of the spectrum and you're now caring for aging parents and things like that. So we tend to take on a lot of those roles and it's really hard to build up a private practice when you're juggling all of these balls. So don't put pressure on yourself to say, why aren't I further along? Why is this not working for me? Why what's wrong with me it's nothing to do with you or your worth or your work or anything at all like that um, it's just around how do we help you find ways to really maximize the little amount of time that you've got so that you're using it to the best of your ability to start getting more clients on the couch and you need that because you've got to do things like pay your rent pay yourself all the sort of stuff right and as I said, you really do need to learn how to market. And that's why we've got the online marketing course. If you want to do that, it's 777 Australian dollars, roughly depends on the exchange rate on the day. The other one is marketing with soul, which is a lot more intensive. Um, it comes with, you know, group coaching. It's got, you know, all the bells and whistles, and it's really about aligning everything with your values and your intention and your um, purpose and all those sorts of really deep, nourishing, beautiful, beautiful things. And that one's $3,000. So, you know, you've got options there. Again, they've both got payment plans and Klarna and Afterpay and Zip and all, all of the things, right? So help is there if you want it um, and when you're ready and it's affordable for most people, okay? Um, the thing is, how do you know when you're at the point where you need help with all this kind of stuff. And I would say it's when you're saying things to yourself or to other people like, hey, I've been doing this for such a long time, where are my results? Um, setting up the practice is one thing. 
getting the clients and keeping that momentum going is something else altogether. That's why I spend so much money myself doing courses, my own coaching and my own PD and, and all I can't tell you, but it'd be hundreds of thousands of dollars. I have spent that money on myself, getting myself educated, coached, learning about how to run a business, learning about what works in marketing, and then bringing that all back and applying it to us. Because this is my other little bugbear. I really, 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 it gets my goat when people say that they've had um, you know, they've done a marketing course and they're not getting any results or they're speaking to a well-intentioned supervisor who's helping them with their marketing in inverted commas. But apart from the supervisor who's trying to help, a lot of the time that supervisor doesn't have any experience in marketing they do <laughs> or education in it. Again, just well-intentioned, but it's not working. The client isn't seeing results. But the other thing is when clients say to me that they're doing this other marketing course and, you know, the ones like Amy Porterfield, um, who else? Marie Folio, you know, B School. They're doing all of that and they're saying, I've done all of that and spent thousands of dollars on it and it's not working. Um, and yeah, I just want to give up and everything. But those courses that you've done have nothing to do with private practice. That's why they're not working. It's like putting diesel fuel in a car that takes unleaded. It doesn't work. <laughs> you, you just can't do it. Sure, there'll be elements and aspects that you can sort of duct tape together and, and try and get them to work for you in your private practice, but they're not going to work for private practice. Those sorts of uh, business programs are generally aimed at um, online business coaches, online course creators, online content creators, you know, those sorts of people, not us, not therapists, who have a whole other set of things that we've got to think about when it comes to marketing in our practice, like ethics and registration bodies and, you know, all, all, all those sorts of things. We've got to be mindful of privacy, of confidentiality, of all that sort of stuff that just doesn't come up in the other world where you know in b school you're not going to learn all of this so and it's no offense to amy porterfield or marie folio or anything like that those courses are great for the people that they were designed for but they weren't designed for women in private practice okay so you know have a think about do i need you know what do i really need and you know what's your own sense of why you're not getting clients at the moment what do you think you need to do differently um for me one of the big things for um transitioning or building my private practice was becoming more soul aligned and you know my story about leaving psychology to do what I do now it was more in alignment and from there everything flourished and bloomed for me um, it's the same I believe for all of us you have to do what's filling your cup what's lighting your soul what sets your soul aglow and I believe that your emotions are your internal compass that tries to keep you on track as soon as you feel pressured or stressed or disheartened I think that's your your spirit and your soul saying hey let's redirect here because something's not right uh, you know me, I love to use an oracle card and I felt called to use my cards uh, over the weekend. So I love, 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 you know, one of my former mentors, Sonia Cicchetti, um, she has a 
a deck of cards called Ask Your Guides. And I often recommend for new people starting out who are interested in, you know, things like Oracle cards, grabbing yourself a packet of these particular ones because they are content rich and the message is amazing. But anyway, um, I pulled a card just asking, you know, what do I need to focus on for the week ahead? And the card that came out was the business card. And I just want to read to you what it said, because perhaps it may mean something for you as well. So the interpretation is this. The abundantly prosperous and infinitely loving divine goddess Venus delights in guiding you in your business and money-making matters. As the goddess of love and relationships, she affirms that the heart of all success in business, you'll find good relationships between people who trust one another. She points you to new levels of mastery in applying love in order to create the most advantageous business partnerships possible. She wants you to move past any resistance to her garden of earthly abundance and learn the art of creating prosperity and success for yourself with her assistance you'll find that you genuinely love what you're doing professionally and have a new appreciation for those that you work with this win-win approach to business will empower your efforts and soon you'll find yourself in a state of grace when it comes to succeeding on the material plane with venus as your divine mentor you'll be guided to the right place at the right time and blessed with the right ideas to create a successful outcome for all so let your heart be as generous as possible in your work and approach it as an art whose creations you delight in guard against becoming greedy or drunk with materialism Venus message for you is business is an art which you can master if you work from the heart and you work with love Now, isn't that just so, 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 so relevant to what we're talking about today? You know, if you want more clients, this is about you being real. And it's also about you being in that beautiful embodiment of the feminine. Sometimes we just get so caught up in that masculine energy of what else do I need to do? What's the next thing that I need to do? I'm going to tear my hair out. I'm just going to fall in a heap here because it's not working, right? All of that is the masculine stuff. But unless you're giving balance to the equation, it's going to take you so much longer to get clients. And the practice owners that fill their diaries the quickest are the ones who have balanced their masculine and feminine energy or who've balanced their yin and yang energy. Okay. And that's what I want to, you know, share with you today so that you can take it away with you. Um, because it's so important when you start to show up, truly start to show up from a place of love, from a place that's really, you know, we call it heart centered or heart focused, everything will start to change. Um, you know, you will notice changes to the way you write your blogs or your emails or your social posts. You'll go from doing general posts about walk and talk therapy appointments now available to writing something from the heart. And when you write from the heart, it speaks to your client. Oh my gosh, Buddy has just jumped up on my, I've got a little marble coffee table and, um, He's now just jumped up and he's sniffing my little, I've got a little altar. It's got um, the four elements. So it's got something that represents earth, air, fire and water. So he's uh, sniffing my little, I've got a succulent in there. Um, he's drinking the water, which is great for Buddy. <laughs> he's uh, got the feather stuck to his nose. So he must be feeling quite balanced himself, I imagine. 
kitchen. Poor little buddy. Yesterday he was running around. I've got some quite long, they may be about, I don't know, four or five. If you hear clinking, it's Buddy knocking over the little glasses on my altar. Uh, I have these five or six inch long, I think they're called obelisks, um, double terminated crystals. I've got smoky quartz and rose quartz. And Buddy loves to treat them as if they're sticks like when we're playing fetch. And every now and again, I'll just hear this, you know, clinking. And I look around and he's, you know, running around with my rose quartz as a stick in his mouth. He's, he's a funny little boy. But anyway, I'll just tell him to get down. Buddy, hop down. Down, Buddy. Oh, good boy. Sit, sit. Oh, there you go. That's much better, isn't it? Good boy, buddy. So, yeah, when you operate from that heart space, that's when everything becomes expansive because in that feminine energy, you automatically become aligned with the vibration of receiving. That feminine energy is about building relationships. So you're going to find that you connect differently and you build rapport differently with your audience because you're coming from that place of soul connection. Um, you don't have to overshare and talk about all of your private personal stuff, but certainly just being more open. Now he's squeaking his toy. Sorry. Um, but just being more open will help you create those meaningful connections and it helps clients create you know three pillars that we move through with our marketing which is they develop um you know the know like and trust with you so they get to know you they get to like you and they get to trust you they can't develop those qualities um, and build that rapport when we're being very restrictive with either our niche or our marketing Speaking of niches, there was another question that came up as well. Buddy, would you like to play with a different toy? What about you play with your bone? Okay. He doesn't want to play with his quiet toy. <laughs> Wants to play with a squeaky toy. Um, and that was what you do when you know, you're working with another organisation. Like I was working when I first started out with the Brotherhood of St. Lawrence and I was doing counselling there for clients who are in the personal support program, which has long since changed its name, but um, it's for the people who had been long-term unemployed, had, you know, major multiple and complex barriers to employment, usually around mental health, usually around um, being an ex-offender, usually around, you know, addiction, drug and alcohol use, and usually around homelessness. Um, you know what do you do when you're working for an employer and you're trying to build up your practice and you're seeing the same sorts of clients or the similar sorts of clients um, so when they would come and see me at the brotherhood they didn't have to pay for my services but then when I had a private practice or I was opening my private practice I was seeing clients that were getting referred by the Brotherhood and I was getting paid to work with them. Um, how do you keep it all separate and how do you, in your own mind, justify getting paid over here but not getting paid over there and things like that? So here's how I did it back then. I really articulated how seeing me externally to the organisation was different. 
So for me, that meant I could use different approaches. I could have more or less time. I could um, be inside or outside because, yes, way back then, we would still do walk and talk therapy and nature-based therapy. Um, Do you know what I mean? And also I started niching, whereas, uh, you know, if they wanted to go and work with me over free in the brotherhood or whatever, I had to put my business head on and say, well, they're not getting it free. They're funded. Like the government is paying for this. It's not free. It just means that they're not paying for it. So it's not a free service. It's free to them, but the service is still getting paid for. Um, and yeah, also just being really clear on what they could and couldn't have with me when I was working with that, you know, host employer. So there were certain things that they didn't have access to. For example, um, you know, there were they came in to work with us and we were a team. So they'll be managed by a team. They won't be managed by one person. So when they come and see me outside, it's just that person and I, it's just that client and I. But when we're in the organisation, it's a team. We've got, you know, there's two or three counsellors there. There's case managers there. There's social workers there. There's financial counsellors there, all of this. And, you know, confidentiality and, and privacy looks very different in that setting than what it does, you know, out there privately. So there are all kinds of different ways that you can wrap your head around, um, how am I sort of seeing the same client but doing it differently? How do I justify getting paid over here but, you know, they, them getting it free over there? All that sort of stuff. There's so many ways for you to think about that and unpack it. And it's something that you can absolutely talk to your supervisor about. I think that that's a fantastic idea. If you're in PP101, we're having conversations about this exact thing right now. Um, yeah. So... That was something that's also really important. I think too, where possible, maybe it's probably worthwhile checking your employment contract to see what it says around whether or not you're allowed to compete for business in their area um, or compete for work in their area. Most contracts um, these days have a non-compete clause. So just make sure before you start your private practice and you choose your niche that it's okay for you to do so and that you're not you know, breaching your employment contract. Um, or if you're not employed, maybe it's a, um, I don't know, independent contractor agreement or something like that so do check that too I know many of them uh, do have clauses in there that have restriction of trade it says you can't you know see the same clients or the same presentation of clients for a certain period of time others might say you can't work in my area for a certain period of time Um, so all those things you need to take into consideration of course when you set up your private practice and you're looking at your niche So um, again, a lot of this, as I mentioned before, will simply come back down to marketing as well. And yeah, 
There's no hard and fast rule about how long does it take to fill your diary. It's different for everybody. Don't compare yourself with others. You don't know what's going on in their world. There are people that I work with that do have families and do have a lot of responsibilities, but they're um, doing great financially and they're, they've been fortunate enough to be in a position where they've been able to hire people to do websites or hire people to do Facebook ads or hire business coaches or, you know, they've, they've got the capacity there to invest and, and things like a VA, like they're not all doing it on their own. So it's it doesn't make sense to compare where you're at with where others might be because you just don't know what's I know, supported them in getting there so much more quickly than you and things like that. So don't don't give it too much thought. Focus on yourself. Um, the takeaways for today, uh, think about whether or not you want to, it's time for you to learn the, the essentials and the fundamentals of marketing. That's the first thing. Oh, hang on, hang on. Sorry, sometimes Buddy likes to chew the underside of my chair, so I just had to um, stop him from doing that. Um, yeah, the other thing that I was going to say was if you're not yet ready to learn how to market the practice properly, that's okay. As something different that you might want to try is connecting more wholly, more deeply, more truly, more genuinely, more openly with your audience because you will be building an audience and it takes time um you know like anything it takes time we can't open the practice in january and expect it to be full in six months if you're you know doing all of these other things like working and looking after families and aging parents and all all of that sort of stuff um so yes do that because when you start being more real and more genuine then it attracts clients to your private practice. So that's really important for you to understand and that's really what I want you to take away from this today. If you're worried about what do I say, what do I share, think about your think about your own journeys, think about things that are going on in your life um, and share things that aren't oversharing but that are relevant and have meaning or message for somebody. Um, but the other thing that you can certainly share is things like, you know, your strong point of view, which when you are in a niche, you definitely need to have one. Your audience would rather hear what you stand for or what you stand against than, you know, read another post about your availability. Like they're not they're not even going to read that probably. But as soon as you say, this is what I believe in and this is what's important for me, this is what's true for me, this is what I see as being relevant and important, all those kinds of things, or this is what I'm against or um, do you know what I mean? Have a point of view, have a perspective. Yes, there are going to be some people that don't like it, but there are also going to be others that love it. So speak to the ones that love it, okay? Just some ideas for you. But um, yeah, I hope this was helpful. I really want you to take something away from it. Do think about, you know, Venus. I want you to, for lack of a better word, think about Venus and think about, you know, what the concept, what the archetype of Venus means for you personally and ask yourself, how can I start bringing some of those qualities in to my business in terms of attracting clients and maybe make that your starting point, go from there.
Okay. So thank you so much for listening to another episode. And thank you so much for your patience with little buddy. I shouldn't say little. He's actually getting quite big now. But I'll talk to you soon in the next episode. Bye for now. I hope that you loved this episode as much as I loved putting it together for you. To get more resources to help you in your private practice, head over to Instagram. My handle is at the private practice coach. And also, if you want more inquiries and referrals for your business, let me know. I have a program called Clients on Demand that opens every quarter, and I can absolutely get you some information for that as well. You are doing an amazing job. Thank you for sharing your gifts with the world. Bye.